For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. This is a weekly public affairs program designed to keep you informed about important issues affecting Monmouth and Ocean Counties. Now here's Vin Ebenu with this week's Jersey Shore Journal. And a good evening to you. I hope that you've all had a great weekend and I thank you for joining us to discuss the Jersey Shore here tonight. My guest on the show tonight is Mark Steber with Jackson Hewitt. As tax season gets underway, then Dan Alexander gives you a look at what's on the Jersey Shore calendar this week. Let's get started. It's tax time, and as you gather up your W-2s and all your other forms and information to try and get a refund and obviously make sure you file everything that you have to file, it's that time of the year to set up an appointment with your accountant or CPA or tax professional so that you can get your taxes done and filed and everything taken care of. Mark Steber, the Senior Vice President and Chief Tax Information Officer at Jackson Hewitt, is my guest on the show tonight here to discuss taxes and everything that you need to know as well. What insight, Mark, do you have about the size of taxpayers' refunds uh, this season as people are looking from 22 to 23 here? Well, 2023 processing year, 2022 tax year, because that confuses a lot of people. Right. This year's tax return will be a much different experience than last year. A lot of the credits put into place and enlarged, made easier to refund the child credit, dependent care credit, earned income credit, and, and some others. Those have reverted back to pre-pandemic amounts. So to the extent that you had one or more of those on your tax return, it will be smaller for 2022 than 2021. Uh, or than, than it was last year versus this year. So all I would simply say is, you know, expect some refund adjustment. Now, that's not to say they went away. They just parred back the pre-pandemic amounts. Case in point, the child credit was $2,000 pre-pandemic with up to 14 refundable. Uh, for 2021, last year, that was a $3,600 credit for young children, fully refundable. Now for 2022, this tax year, it's back to the $2,000 amount with up to $1,400 refundable. You'll see that reverberate through many of the other credits as well. Mark, everybody's starting to get their W-2s if they haven't gotten them already, so it'll be that time of year to start setting up some time to meet with a tax professional. When should taxpayers work with a tax pro? How should they go about setting that up? Well, your tax return each and every year is your single largest financial transaction. Sure, you may get married or have a child, buy a house or start a business, but your tax return is going to be there for 20, 30, 40 years. So you should work with a tax pro all the time, in my opinion, because it's your single most important financial transaction. Having said that, there are some times when you really need to go find a tax pro, when you've had a life change, when one of these credits affects you and it's confusing to you, if you've got questions on the size of your refund or balance due, or if you run into an audit or IRS notice. Any of those cases, you really shouldn't take it upon yourself because you leave something off, it stays off. If you leave off a benefit, the IRS is not in the business of making sure you get the most money. So it's important that you and a tax professional work through the system, see what you can qualify for, and put everything on your return to get the biggest refund possible. 
W-2 a minimum for what taxpayers should bring when they do sit down with their tax pro, but what are some of the other documents that people should be bringing, I guess, dependent on their particular situation in life, career, and so forth? Well, I, I like a shoebox and an envelope works well for me, broken into four parts. Your income statements, and that is your W-2s, 1099s, winnings if you've had some winnings, uh, interest, dividends, capital gains if you sold stock or crypto, all those should be in a box or in a, in a paper clip. Deductions and credits and things that you want to take as a deduction on your tax return, and that's really in two buckets. Regular people who have those types of items, and if you're self-employed or if you're an itemizer, that is to say you own a home and you get mortgage interest and property taxes, you should have that second section, which are your deductions and credits. The third thing I'll just call life changes and prior year tax returns. Those always help, especially if you have questions. If you've had some new event, you got married, you got divorced, you have a shared custody with a dependent, you're taking care of a dependent parent, for example. Section three, life changes and other items and prior year. And then I like a section four, other. If you've got a question, stick it in there and ask your pro. But you should get all of those and bring those to your tax pro. Some other items may jumpstart your tax experience, things like good ID. You know, in this world of stolen identities, any good tax pro is going to ask you to verify who you are with a government-issued identification. It's just a smart and prudent practice. And if your pro doesn't do that, you probably need to question that. Secondly, last year's tax return, always a nice to have, not a must have, but it's a good thing. And I also like social security cards. Not everybody has those, but the correct spelling and the correct number on your tax return can prevent a self-inflicted delay. And if you've gotten married or divorced, you want to make sure that all ties together. It's just a smarter way to go. Mark, I think through the pandemic, a lot of people either through their own self-employment started working from home or had to set up a remote part at home. Maybe they're a parent who had kids at home and they needed to work more from home. Or even now, as we head into 2023, a lot of people working at home and have a home office set up. So for those people who do, is their home office tax deductible? Yeah, that's a great question. And one of the real questions of the stay at home or virtual workforce of 2020, frankly, in 2021 and 2022, and as you say, continuing on. And there's both an opportunity here because there is a home office deduction. And then there's a, a risk and there's some misunderstanding. So I'll simply say there is a very nice tax break in the tax code for people who have their business conducted out of their home. It's the home office deduction. And no, it is not a red flag to get you audited as some of the internet myths propagate. But however, it's only available to people who run a business out of their home. If you're an employee working at home for the convenience of your employer or just because you want to, or maybe they shuttered your location, you do not qualify for the home office deduction in that respect. Now, having said that, if you are an employee at home, but you have a side gig or some other home-based business that you run on the side, then you're back in the yes column as it relates to that home-based business. So if you're working at home just as an employee, no. But if you have anything else but that, including a dependent that may be doing it, your spouse, for example, then you probably need to see a tax pro and make sure you're not overlooking a very lucrative tax benefit, the home office deduction. That's a great point. Definitely an important distinction there for people who, to, to your point, whether they have their own office at home or they're working for somebody and knowing what to do and what they could possibly uh, get help with. Um, Mark, what are what tax benefits are available for dependents and children? Obviously, everybody's got their own kind of situations at home with different kids and so on and so forth, and it can kind of build up. So what tax benefits are available for people who have, who have dependents and children? 
Yeah, dependents are one of the most complicated areas of the tax code because it's more than just a child. And the nuclear family where the child's there all year round with the mom and the dad, that's also something that's not as common. The shared custody or the complex family structure where you're rolling shared dependents in and out each year, very common and has large tax consequences. Taking care of a dependent parent is very common and that also has large consequences. And I'll simply say it this way, if you have dependents on a tax return, there are a host of tax benefits that attach to that dependent on your tax return if you're the primary taxpayer with the dependent. The child tax credit, the dependent care credit, education credits, just to name three, and then the list gets larger depending on some of the other expenditures associated with that dependent. So if you've got anything other than a very simple situation, and that's very uncommon, you really should see a tax pro to see what tax benefits are there, what do you qualify for, because many of them depend on the relationship and the earnings of the dependent. And if you've got like a dependent parent, if they've got medical expenses, those can go on to your tax return if in fact you are the primary caregiver for, for a senior parent that you're caring for. But the rules are complicated, but uh, the benefits are also there as well. It's been a roller coaster of a time over the last year alone on Wall Street and with the Fed hinting at the, um, you know raise, raising the interest rate and all sorts of all sorts of issues with inflation. I feel like anytime you hear anybody hears the word recession, they tend to worry. So with what's happening on Wall Street, what's happening with the stock market, there's a lot of uh, concern and a lot of things that people are looking to address. So do taxpayers have to pay taxes on stocks and cryptocurrencies? Is this issue has brought on a whole another set of challenges? Yeah, the capital gain rules with regard to selling any asset, whether it's a stock or a bond or even some other investment, gold coins or collectibles, for example, those rules are also so very complicated, but also very favorable if you know what the rules are and how they work. I'll give you the top three things that always confuse taxpayers and they do it wrong and generally cost themselves money. The first thing is every dollar you sell something for, whether it's a stock or a bond or crypto, that's not necessarily taxable. So you may get a 1099 statement with proceeds on it. A lot of people just put that on there as income and they think they've done right and they've probably paid too much in tax. Because the second thing you have to keep in mind is you have basis in any of these assets. And that's either what you paid for it or what carried over if you inherited it or if it was a gift. So the basis calculation, including costs of acquisition of a stock or a bond or crypto, a very important component of determining your actual gain. But if you have gain, you are going to pay income taxes on it Again, depending on a lot of other factors, including your tax bracket, there is a zero capital gain rate for lower income taxpayers, and many people overlook that. Secondly, 2022 was a great year of volatility, as you say, especially in the virtual currency market. So you may think I'm leaving that off my tax return, and they're not going to catch me, and that's another whole issue, and there'll be statements coming out next year. But in the event that you had a loss, you may have a tax-deductible loss. At a minimum, you can offset other similar types gains. Long-term gains offset long-term losses, short-term losses off-term sh offset short-term gains. But if you have a net loss, you can even deduct that against regular income. So I'll simply say, if you've got capital transactions, small or large, and a lot of people do today, and whether it's stocks or bonds or virtual, you really do need to pay attention, and you really do need to find someone who's both trained and experienced in that area, because you can put too much on your tax return. And back to my first statement, if you just put it all on as gain, the IRS is not generally going to question that, you can pay too much. If you leave it off, they may come around and ask, why did not you include this? And then you've got another whole set of problems. So if you have capital transactions, 
get some help. You can pay less tax. You can certainly pay what you owe, but you may overlook a tax benefit that's sitting there right in front of you. Every individual taxpayer, Mark, has their own situations going on in life with work and different sets of paperwork to bring when they're meeting with their tax pro. But what is it that people need to know about the 1099K specifically? Yeah, the 1099K has had a great deal of attention and media coverage and change in the last year. It's been around for a long, long time. And for your your audience, the 1099K is merely a form that tells both the taxpayer and the IRS that you've had over a certain amount of electronic funds transfer activity. Think Venmo or PayPal or Zelle. If you're getting money through those platforms and under the old rule, if you had more than 200 transactions and with a capital A, $20,000 in activity, then you would get a 1099 and the IRS would. And then you'd have to put that on your tax return and reconcile the gross proceeds. That's not the amount that was necessarily taxable, but it is an amount that the IRS said you got. You got to kind of figure out, is it gain? Is it gross? Now they changed the rule for 2022, our current tax year. They lowered it down to $600 and one transaction. And that was going to catch a lot of people off guard who may not have otherwise been aware of it. Well, jump ahead to right at the end of December, the IRS deferred that rule for one year. So all I'll simply say is some companies may send those, see a tax pro if you have a question, because it is an important document that kind of talks about some of your business and uh, income activity. But you won't really start to see them until next year, provided the rule still stands in place. But it is important to know that the rules have not changed as it relates to income. If you've got activity, business activity for the gain of income, that's always been taxable. There is no de minimis rule. It was not the 20,000. It's not the new 600. You have income, you're supposed to put that on your tax return. This new rule that kind of was and then went away just lowered the amount by which the third-party platform had to inform you and the IRS that they were aware of this threshold. But we'll stay tuned on that one and see what happens. But for 2023 tax year, it's supposed to be in place, but that's a long time from now. For all you need to know, it will not be in place for this tax year generally as a requirement. People may send them, you may get them, uh, and it's a nice to have because it's an information statement. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. but it won't be the same. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. like it will be when the rule comes into full effect. Mark, life happens all the time, every day to every uh, individual. So sometimes it's good things that are happening, sometimes not so good things, sometimes things that are expected and unexpected. And when it comes to tax time, people are trying to figure out what to do and what to bring up and bring with them when meeting with a tax professional. So what are some of the life changes that are affecting taxpayers the most right now? 
Yeah, life changes actually drive more tax return consequences than tax law changes. A lot of the tax changes, when they happen, you see them in the paper, you see them in the media, and people are aware of them, a new child credit amount or what have you. But life changes, those drive a lot more tax activity because, one, they're more common, and two, they're not as highly publicized. You're probably you know, not shocked that if you got married, you have a much bigger different tax return than the two single people. If you get divorced, same thing. If you have a child. That's a big life change. But there's a whole host of others that range from going to a higher education institution for yourself or your spouse or a dependent. A lot of benefits related to higher education. If you start a side gig, full or part-time, and we certainly saw that during the pandemic, and doing a side gig business is totally different than an individual that's an employee. There's no automatic withholding. Nobody tracks your deductions. Only you get to do that. There's a variety of deductions that you can take. So anytime that you start a side business full or part-time, that's a big life change. The biggest life change, though, that I see for most people is when you buy a home. And still pretty common, even with the interest rates rising. And that because, you know, typically all Americans qualify for these standard deduction. Every taxpayer gets a standard deduction. About $26,000 if you're married, $13,000 if you're single, you know, somewhere in between if you had a household, about $19,000. The beauty of the American tax system is you can take that deduction or if you have more itemized deductions, you take the bigger. Well, what are itemized? Well, mortgage interest, like you have when you buy a house, property taxes, sales taxes, charitable donations, medical expenses. You add all of those up each year and it's larger than the standard, you get the larger. And as I say, when you buy a house, typically you start paying mortgage interest and that's kind of an anchor tenant for being able to itemize. So my biggest life change, short of a divorce or having a child or starting your own business or going to school, buying a home. That generally moves you, if not the first year, the second year when you have a whole year worth of mortgage statement payments into the itemized category. And then you really do have a complicated tax return and you really should seek out a tax pro. From all kinds of things that can go on in an individual's life, family life, business life, so on and so forth, trying to save money, especially with the state of today's economy in an individual state or just across the country. So anytime people can earn or look for a tax deduction, they're they're going to try and find one there, Mark. But what are some of the things that can earn tax deductions and what are some things that people may think earn tax deductions but don't actually do so? Well, that's one of my favorite questions, to be honest. Where's a tax tip that can save me money? I always tell people there's no one specific tax break that applies that I can really tell you about other than if you're self-employed, some of those deductions for business. But the one that I always go to is look to the code, look to the tax return for savings tax benefits. And so, for example, if you put money in a 401k at your company, not only do you get a tax break and not only does it earn growings tax free, which pays its own benefit. Many cases, companies do a match on that today. So if you're not participating at least to the level of your company match on a 401k, you're throwing away three benefits. The same could be said for the IRA or the individual retirement account, which has been around for 50 years. It's a time-tested and proven vehicle that you can that you can do after December 31st. Most tax deductions and tax breaks you have to do during the year. But the IRA rule says you have all the way up to tax day to put money into an IRA, get a tax deduction on that year's tax return. It'll grow tax free. And if you're a lower moderate income earner, you might even qualify for the savers credit, which is another way to boost credits on your tax return. So savings, and I could go on for this for another hour in terms of the benefits, but look to savings programs 
and some of the tax benefits. They, like I say, come in three parts. First is a tax break. You don't have to put it on your tax return. You may even get a deduction. Secondly, they grow tax-free. And thirdly, you're building an asset, which may help you later in life. And that's just smart business. And there's a lot of tax breaks for savings, whether you're an employee, whether you're self-employed, whether you're dual, whether it's your spouse. Put some money in savings, watch for a tax break there, and talk with a tax pro. They can tell you what you might qualify for and what the net benefit will be to you. I, I know people are meeting with their tax pros coming up to discuss 2022, but what should people be doing, Mark, as we roll along throughout the course of 2023? Some things that maybe they should be doing, maybe writing certain things down, holding on to certain pieces of paper, receipts, things that they could do to help themselves with whatever end up, may end up happening in 2023 so that by this time next year, they're, they're able to save a little bit more, get a bigger refund if possible, and try to help themselves out as much as possible too. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll simply say after 35 years in the tax business, I, I don't know a lot of things that are absolute in tax returns, but I can safely say it's your largest financial transaction and it's not a tax day event. People who only pay attention to their taxes on April 15th, this year, April 18th, they're doing themselves a disservice and they're costing themselves money over their lifetime. So I have some real simple rules of thumb that can help you out. At a minimum, be organized throughout the year. That shoebox or that envelope in a central location, that's a great place to put items. You generally don't get your W-2s till the end of the year, but you may have other things that come along. Sales tax statements that might apply, business expenses, charitable donations. Save those throughout the year. Your tax is a year-round event. Secondly, do a mid-year checkup and a near-year-end tax checkup. And that's simply an estimate of where you are in about July. As of June 30th, your year's half over, take your pay stub, multiply it by two, multiply your withholding by two, adjust for some other things in the margin of last year's tax return, and just kind of see where you are. And if you're on track, fine. If you're getting a huge refund, consider lowering your withholding a little bit and getting a little more money each paycheck. If you're on the other side and you owe a big balance due, get a handle on that. And then do the same thing in December. After your November stuff comes out, add one more month of estimates and kind of see where you are. With that, you avoid refund shock or worse, balance due surprise. And more importantly, you'll stop yourself from being stressed throughout the year. And then be organized in January when all that stuff comes in and do not lose a document because we're no longer in the estimate or guesstimate mode. The IRS is very good about matching up documents. If you leave something off, even a small thing, you can add weeks or months to the delay in getting your tax refund, which even with the changes recently, three out of four people still get one. Last year's was well over 3,000 just on federal. So pay a little more attention, have a less stressful event, and probably save a little more money. And then I'll finish with this. If you allocate an hour a month, about 10 hours a year really, and you save yourself $500 by some better record keeping, identification of a credit that might have otherwise been missed, you're paying yourself $50 an hour, and that's good money anytime. And it won't be every year, but it can be more often than you think. So pay attention to your taxes, make a tax pro friend, whether you do it yourself or you hire them to do it, to debunk a myth, to ask a question, to confirm what your Uncle Bob told you at the Thanksgiving table about some new credit or the home office. It really does apply if you're an employee. Well, that's not true. And if you ask a pro that, they'll tell you that and you can avoid a, a self-inflicted problem. But make a tax pro friend, text them, buy them a lunch from time to time. Like me, they love talking about this stuff and it can save you money over the 30 or 40 or 50 years of doing taxes. It's just a smarter way as taxes are so big, the dollars are so enormous and the value to your bottom line cannot be overstated as important. It takes a little bit of work on your side. 
Mark, a last question uh, I have for you here as it relates to health costs. So health care costs are continuing to be a very large expense for a lot of individuals, for a lot of families, especially the bigger the family, the, the more they are concerned with it. But for people wondering, how can they deduct unreimbursed health care expenses and what else do they need to know about health care costs? Well, there's good news and there's bad news as it relates to the tax implications of a, of a medical expense. First, the bad news. You know, there is a tax deduction available to people who pay unreimbursed out-of-pocket medical. Unfortunately, there's two requirements. First, there's a threshold. You only get to deduct the amount over 7.5% of basically your adjusted gross income. So if you're making 100000 a year, you only get to deduct medical over 7500 Secondly, as I mentioned earlier, you only get to deduct medical if you itemize. So that's not as many people as you think, especially if you don't have other items on your tax return like mortgage interest or property taxes and you take the itemized. So not many people get the health insurance or the health uh, expense deduction. Having said that, the good news is if you have a catastrophic situation, and a lot of people who are seniors who have lower income have that lower threshold. So if you have a catastrophic unreimbursed expense, unfortunate though there that might be, there may very well be a silver lining on those costs, and that can be a tax deduction on your tax return. So if you have large out-of-pocket expenses, and that's more than over-the-counter or just the occasional copay, you know you really should see a tax pro and see what your threshold threshold is and how that might impact your tax return. Because there is a deduction. It's just the bar is kind of high for who can take it. But if you have high expenses, you may very well be sitting on a nice tax break. Mark, appreciate your time and insight as always into what people can know and they know what to expect and know what to bring to their tax pro as they get down to uh, scheduling an appointment. It's always good to talk about it. It's your single largest uh, transaction. I would also simply say as my final public service announcement, don't wait until tax day to file your taxes. File as early as you can, and that's not earlier than your documents are there, to be sure, but they'll be here earlier than later. And once you have all those documents, you certainly can go see your tax pro, file that tax return, and it really has three benefits. If you're due a refund, like three out of four people are, you don't have to be Warren Buffett to know getting your money early is smart play. Secondly, if you file your taxes early, you lock up your data with the IRS so that some schemer who might have otherwise stole your or spouse's social security number, they can't sneak in and ahead of you, steal your tax refund. And thirdly, as we've talked about, if you have a question that comes up because you've had a life change or a tax change and your pro says, hey, I need some more records, you're not up against the midnight hour rushing around trying to find your basis in your virtual currency or those other deductions for your self-employed business, which is new. So file early to get your money. That's a no-brainer. File early to protect your data. That's just smart. And file early just in case you need a little more time. It's a smart play in this day and age where the dollars are so significant. Yeah, hopefully everybody's getting big refunds this year. <laughs> well, last year, three out of four, we don't see that changing. We just see the amount going down because nothing really went away. It just went back to the redacted pre-pandemic amounts. And those were pretty sweet. They weren't as sweet as they were in 2021. But 2022, there's still a lot of benefit, a lot of opportunity, and quite frankly, a lot of risk. So pay attention to your taxes, file early, get that money, and spend it wisely. There you go. Mark, appreciate your time again, as always, and uh, best of luck to you during the tax season. Great to chat. We'll talk again to your soon. Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue. Now it's time for Dan Alexander to take the wheel and give you a look at what's going on on the Jersey Shore calendar this week. 
Good evening, Dan. What's going on? Then coming up Wednesday, training for contact of Ocean and Monmouth counties begins at St. Luke's Roman Catholic Church on Old Freehold Road in Towns River from at 6.30 and continues for 12 weeks. Contact is a 24-hour crisis intervention hotline that also provides information and referrals to community resources. Coming up Saturday, February 11th, the Barnegat High School Class of 2023 hosts their Senior Class Gift Auction in the high school cafeteria. That starts at 2. And Saturday, February 23rd, Special Olympics New Jersey holds their annual Polar Bear Plunge at Spicy's on the Boardwalk in Seaside Heights and the chance for you to get freezing for a reason by jumping into the frigid Atlantic Ocean at 1 p.m. To get your nonprofit club or organization's event listed on the community calendar, click the submit link at the top of the community calendar page on this station's website. For Jersey Shore Journal, I'm Dan Alexander. Town Square Media's Jersey Shore Journal with Ben Avenue. Well, it's time for me to say goodbye and good night, but we do have a full look at what's going on in Jersey Shore news on our free Town Square Media family of apps here in Monmouth and Ocean Counties. Have a great rest of your night and a great week ahead, everybody. Talk to you soon. This has been Jersey Shore Journal with Vin Avenue, a public affairs presentation of Town Square Media. Join us again next week as we keep you informed about important issues affecting Monmouth and Ocean Counties. If you have a story you'd like us to cover on Jersey Shore Journal, please email the host, vin.avenue at townsquaremedia.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.